Imagine you move into an apartment building right in New York City. It's nice. You're relaxed. You're comfortable. You try to go to sleep on the first night, but you wake up to some crying bitch in your hallway. Mind you, you live alone. Can you find me? I'm here. Behind you, look. Hey everyone, welcome to my first episode of this Some Scary Shit podcast. I'm your host, Danny Kay. I'm really excited to start this show. So let me tell y'all about me and the show. I'm from Atlanta, but I live in South Korea. Um, I've always wanted to start a podcast, but I never knew what I wanted to talk about. Um, I just decided to say, fuck it and do it. Um, let's talk about something you really, really like, but not many people know that you like shit like this. So I decided to start this podcast the title is a play on scary movie one when brenda was in the movie theater and she was like oh this is so scary shit anyway i'm heavily interested in paranormal activity stuff and i also like creepy crime stories so that's what i wanted this show to be about um those two topics together so yeah enough about me let's get into the show Okay, everyone, so the Dakota was built between October 25th, 1880 and October 27th, 1884. So this was like about 138 years ago. Uh, The design that was made for Edward Cabot Clark, who was the head of the Singer Manufacturing Company, he was commissioned by Henry Janeway Hartenberg's architectural company. So the Dakota was allegedly named this because at the time of its construction, the region was lightly populated and deemed far from the inhabited areas of Manhattan, uh, much like the Dakota Territory was. However, this anecdote first appeared in newspaper interviews with the Dakota's longtime management in 1933. So nobody got the joke until 1933. Okay. (laughs) The interaction was described by Christopher Gray of the New York Times as follows. Probably it was called Dakota because it was one far, it was so far west and so far north. Uh, Clark's affinity for the names of the new western states and territories, according to Gray, inspired the building's name. So, fast forward, all the flats of were sold before the building opened, but it was a long-term drain on Clark's and his successor's fortunes, and Clark died before it was finished. The Dakota's success encouraged the development of many additional luxury apartment buildings in Manhattan, and it became popular for the high society to live in the structure, or at least rent an apartment there as a secondary citizen resident. So this place was like really fancy if you look on our instagram page you'll see pictures of some of the rooms um the outside it still maintains it's like old feel but the inside they continue to renovate and keep it updated to continue to attract the the rich and famous you know the lovely rich and famous so some of the notable residents of the dakota are judy garland who was dorothy from the 1939 film wizard of oz favorite one of my favorite movies overall Rosie O'Donnell, 
Roberta Flack, and even Mari and his wife, Connie Chung, stayed there. But the most notable residents are the ones who continue to haunt the place, including John Lennon. There are about five different ghosts in this building, but it's most famous for about one or two. Let's start from the very beginning. Back in the 1900s, there were some painters in the building doing some paintwork. According to Stephen Birmingham, who was the author of Life at Dakota, while the painters were working, a beautiful blonde child suddenly appeared in the corridor. She was wearing high white stockings, patent leather shoes with silver buckles, and a dress of a yellow taffeta. Taffeta is like a fine, luxurious silk or similar synthetic fabric with a crisp texture. Some of us probably wore it when we was kids, you know. They said the dress seemed to come from another century. She was seen bouncing a red ball and said, It's my birthday. It's my birthday. She disappeared down the corridor, still bouncing the ball. None of the other painters saw this child before, and what's even more weird is that she didn't fit the descriptions of children who currently live there or of the guests. To this day, the little girl can still be seen by residents. She greets them with a smile and a wave from lower floor windows. Time jumped to the 1930s. An electrician was sent to the Dakota to work in the basement. He had already been there probably like four times. While working, he saw a man with a short beard, large nose, and wire glasses. This look was similar to the building's developer. Remember Edward Cabot Clark? With each visit to the building, the electrician was met with this spirit. The spirit was not nice to him at all. It would stare fiercely at the electrician for several moments, reach up and snatch its wig off, and angrily shake it in the man's face. Y'all, imagine a ghost is like staring at you. You staring at it like that Diddy meme. And it just snatches his wig off and then just shake it in your face. Like, could you take the ghost serious? Could you really take the ghost serious? Because I wouldn't. I'd probably laugh. And he'd probably kill me for laughing, you know? So it had been noted that Edward Cabot Clark indeed wore a wig before. Before he died, Edward was not fond of this electrician working in his building. So this was probably his way of trying to get him off property. It hasn't been confirmed if this spirit was of Edward or not. Heading into the 1960s, a few construction workers were doing some work near the building and they claimed they saw a strange figure with the body of a man but the face of a young boy. Some Benjamin Button type shit, okay? So this creepy ghost didn't say anything. Um, of course it didn't say anything. You know, it's a ghost. But apparently, it made the workers feel like they were being closely watched. So after the job was done, one of the painters was doing some touch-up work in a large closet. And suddenly, the door slammed and the lights went out. Y'all, I'm telling you, if that would have happened to me, nope, 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 I would have got the on, okay? So... Thinking nothing of it, he found his way off the ladder. So the guy gets off the ladder and he goes to prop the door open and turn the lights back on. So as he's walking back towards the ladder, he felt something grab his arm and put it up against the light bulb. Y'all. Nope. This, that would have been the day I would have took my ass to the unemployment office. I would never be working in that house, near that house, for that house ever again so nobody knows 
or has any speculation of who this boy might be, this boy, man, man, boy, whoever might be. But it could have been one of the kids who used to live in the building some years ago. Jumping right into the 70s. So between 1972 and 1980, Beatles singer-songwriter John Lennon and his wife, Yoko Ono, lived at the Dakota. When John Lennon moved into the building, they took over an apartment that had previously belonged to actor Robert Ryan. Sadly, Robert Ryan's devoted wife, Chessie, died of cancer in the building. And because of the unpleasant memories and associations the apartment held for Ryan, Ryan moved out soon after. He moved close to a building on 88 Central Park South, and that area had become something of a haven for people who used to live at the Dakota. So they have felt compelled to leave their beloved building due to either divorce, widowhood, or other change of circumstance. And Ryan did later die in that location. So the Lennons decided to have a seance to discover what spirits could be haunting their new house before moving into the Ryan's previous flat. Understandable, somebody died there. You want to make sure your house is free or your home is free of any spirits. I get it. So a medium comes in and she established touch with Jesse Ryan, Robert's wife. Mrs. Ryan told the Lennons that she too felt like their flat to be her home and that she planned to stay. So she was like, I may be dead, but I'm not going nowhere. So do with that information what you will. Luckily, she would not cause them any inconvenience. So she just wants to be at home. She's not going to, she's not there to scare them. She's not there to like, you know, freak them out, nothing. So they were free to live their lives as they pleased. Jesse Ryan appeared to be as courteous and lovely in the afterlife as she was in life, which is pretty nice, pretty, you know, settling, comforting in a way, kind of, who knows. Lennon told tales of seeing a spirit he called the crying lady walking the halls of the building. Y'all. You are supposed to be at home. And some woman you don't know, you can barely see, can barely talk to, is crying like, girl. So this lady would be the ghost of Elise Veasley. Veasley managed the Dakota through the 1930s, 40s, and 50s, so a period of 20 years. Someone who was way into the paranormal herself, she believed that she had psychokinetic powers and was a major player in the Vedantist movement, which is a part of the Hindu philosophy. If you don't know what that is, look it up. While working in the building, Beasley suffered a great tragedy herself when her son was fatally hit by a truck outside the Dakota. This building holds too much shit, okay? Like, it's no, it's not, why the hell haven't they torn this fucking building down? Like, since then, she took to being extra nice and overprotective of all the children that lived in the Dakota, so she was something like her grandmother. Maybe that is why she still walks the halls today. She just wants to make sure all the kids are doing okay. Or she may be trying to help the young girl from earlier in this story. So December 8th, 1980, 
everyone's favorite beloved Beatle John Lennon was murdered in the arcway of the Dakota by a crazed man. This did trouble the world and left a great deal of pain to his wife and children, like everyone was so shook. After his death, Yoko Ono continued to stay in the Dakota. She didn't want to leave. And neither did John Lennon. So John Lennon was like, girl, I'm still here. So it's 1983, three years after John's tragic death, musician Joey Harrow claimed he saw John's ghost in the Dakota entrance doorway, the spot where he'd been shot. Harrow said he was surrounded by like eerie light. And to back up these claims, writer Amanda Moores also saw John's ghost. I wanted to go up and talk to him, but something in the way... He looked at me and said, no, she said. So she, so you see dead John Lennon and you wanted to walk up and say hello? That man is probably pissed. Why would you walk up to an angry ghost? Like he is mad because he is in this situation and you want to go say hey. And of course he going to give you the look like, girl, leave me alone. You know? So one day as Yoko was roaming inside the building, she saw John seated at his piano. He looked at her and said, don't be afraid. I am still with you. John's spirit lingered on earth for a short time before a group of spirit guides helped him adjust to the other world. They said he had to be convinced to see the light. A person who won't let go after they are dead becomes a ghost who haunts the area of the tragedy. So John, like I said, that man was probably like pissed because he's dead. Like his life was taken from him by some crazy ass fan. And you wanted to be that girl to go up to him and say, hey, can I have your ghostly autograph? And he's like, bitch, no. To this day, he still makes periodic visits to the Dakota. Okay, everyone, that's it for this week's scary story, the Dakota. If you're ever in New York, go take a visit to the building, make it a part of your trip or something. Um, hopefully you like it. Hopefully you get a little freaked out. So this next segment we're going to get into, it's where I read random creepy Reddit stories. This story is titled, Every Night Something Whistles Past My House Three Times by a Reddit user 49. The story starts, I read a story about a whistler on subreddit No Sleep one year ago. I had no idea that the similar thing would happen to me. Now, let me clarify something. This is not made up. Although I have written a few subreddit No Sleep stories, this is not fiction. This really happened to me and will probably happen again. I have been looking for the right sub for this kind of post for almost an hour. I haven't found a better option, so I decided to post here. Okay, so it all started about two weeks ago. That was the first time I heard the whistle outside my house, and it sounded like this. Tweet, tweet, foot. I tried my best to do that. I, I don't understand. I don't know. Okay, then I didn't pay much attention. I thought that someone was just walking past my house and was in the mood for whistling. Nothing strange, right? Except it was past midnight. I was lying on my bed, and shortly after, I fell asleep. Forgot about it tomorrow. 
The next day, I was in the bed again when I heard a similar whistle. I checked the time on my phone, 1.42 a.m. Strange. The whistle happened almost at the same time. I think about it for a few seconds. I consider looking out the window. The bed was too comfy, and I decided to ignore it one more time. The next day, something whistled again. I immediately checked the time, 1.46 a.m. I opened the notes app on my phone and wrote down when the whistles happened. I looked out the window. Nothing. The empty street and the sidewalk was everything I saw. Strange. Fast forward maybe 14 days. To this point, I've heard the whistle every single night and always managed to note the time. Another strange thing is that the latest whistle always comes two to five minutes later than the yesterday's whistle. So if it happened today at 2.10, it will happen tomorrow around 2.12 a.m. I've looked out the window almost every time and even went outside once. Nothing. I have also considered waiting for it outside after calculating when it's going to happen, but I don't like that idea. I don't either. It always sounds like it's coming from the west, 60 feet approximately. The next whistle will happen tonight in a few hours. Can someone suggest anything? Like, should I just ignore it? I should also mention that I live alone and my neighbors are not the type of people who would prank me or something. I don't talk to them or people in general, and I didn't ask them about the whistle. Should I? I will try to answer every question to provide more info. Listen, bro. I'm going to be honest. Act like you don't hear the whistle. (laughs) Act like you don't hear the whistle. Don't make contact with trying to figure out what it is. And when you do find out what it is, don't make contact with it. Like, let it be. Just let the thing whistle. Let it do its thing. Because you're going to end up having your own documentary movie, like Paranormal Activity. And you ain't going to be here to see it. So I would honestly not even worry about it. Like, I would try to just ignore it. And so somebody in the comments said someone who lets their dog out somewhat around the same time each night and whistles to call it back in. This is how I call mine back to the door. And so OP says it it makes sense out of all the comments and it and it does. Maybe somebody who let their dog out and they're calling the dog back in, but he said he doesn't see anybody outside and he even went outside himself and he doesn't see anybody. So, mm, who knows? It's strange. He did update us. He did leave an update. Um, The update reads, I've read every comment and I just want to say thank you to everyone who cared and tried to help. Someone suggested recording the whistle. I forgot to mention that I have tried this. If Anybody who knows things like strange sounds, trying to record strange sounds and that you can really hear it um, with your ear, it's not going to really pick up on recordings because sometimes I have my friends on the phone and I'd be like, do y'all hear that on the phone? And they'd be like, no, but I can hear it and it's loud and clear. So, you know, any normal sane person would try to record it, but it's not going to really pick up. So he says, the problem is the whistle can barely be heard and my crappy phone can't catch it from the house at all. 
I don't have any any other source of microphone, and I think that the only way my phone can record it is to be outside while it's happening, and I still don't like that idea. I don't either. I'm going to be honest with you, because you try to record it, that whistle going to turn into, I'm going to fuck you up. <laughs> so someone also said that it's an entity that knows I'm awake. Okay, this sounds too bad to be true. I generally don't believe in supernatural. And if it turns out that it's the case for me, boy, I'm moving out the next day. I will try to gather more info. Feel free to suggest anything again. And yeah, the whistle happened again. 2.48 a.m. Yeah, see, I just said that. So if that turns out to be something supernatural scary, I'm, you would, I would move out. But sometimes generally, the ghosts are not attached to the house. Sometimes they could be attached to the person. So, you know, it's just best to get a medium at this point or find somebody who can feel spirits, check out the house, um, check out you, um, and make sure that the whistle is just some random noise outside that you can hear and you've got good ears. Okay, so that will wrap up this week's episode of This Some Scary Shit. Um, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Some Scary Shit Pod. There's no I in shit. For show updates and pictures from today's main story, if you have a creepy story and you want me to share it on the podcast, or you have a story that you want me to cover, you can email me at ts3pod at gmail.com. Other than that, I will see y'all scary ass next week. Bye.